What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Talking 2021 busts here. We got some big names on the list like Aaron Rodgers, Saquon Barkley. Is he going to be a bust? Everybody's favorite breakout, CD Lamb. Is he going to be a bust? It's not about necessarily who's just going to be bad this year. Obviously, you know that. You're, you're a diehard listener of the show. It's about who's being overdrafted. But hey, some players might just be bad. Some players might just be outright busts. Maybe we'll have some of those on the list. Adam Azer with Jamie Eisenberg and Heath Cummings here. Heath, we all know the biggest bust in 2021. You established it yesterday. I second that motion. It's having the number three pick in the draft. It's just, it sucks. Uh, it's stressful. Yeah, because there's definitely some players that you could take at number three that are going to deliver on that. There's no one that you I feel like you take at number three and you're like, yeah, that's the third best player. It goes Christian McCaffrey and then it goes Dalvin Cook and then it goes, huh, is it too early to take Travis Kelsey? I don't think it is, but everybody (laughs) else does. (laughs) You guys are such babies. (laughs) I I just I did just have the third pick in a real draft. How many real drafts have you guys done? Uh, playing out, yeah. uh, three, I think. Yeah, counting best ball too many <laughs> is the answer. Okay, well, we just had our uh, first draft that I'm in with you guys, and I had the th- Heath had the second pick, I had the third pick. I was like, I'm not gonna overthink it. I'm just gonna take Camara, but. I I kind of wanted to take Kelsey. It would have been fun. It would have been fun. We could talk about that another time. Um, Jamie, would you like to hear the joke of the day? Always. Well, we have to do with busts. You already heard it. Uh, Jamie took, Jamie, in this draft we just did, Jamie said, quote, I have Burrow, Mixon, and Higgins. What could go wrong? <laughs> and I said, you could have a lot of Manic Mondays with that lineup. Yeah, that was a good one. Thank you. Oh, man, wait, don't I have the, the rim shot? Oh, I wasn't even queued up. Uh, if you're too young to know what that means, there's a song by a band called The Bangles called Matic Monday. It's good stuff. Heath, you better do uh, lose some money next week. That was the joke of the day, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it sure was. It was so funny. He told it twice. <laughs> uh, we're going to be live next week playing some poker on the YouTube channel, Tuesday, 7 p.m. Eastern, answering your fantasy questions and playing poker. We did this last year. It was a ton of fun. Uh, join us on youtube.com slash fantasy football today. The best thing to do is subscribe to the channel, turn the notifications on so you know exactly when we're live, and we will see you Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Eastern, youtube.com slash fantasy football today. You can also watch all of our shows there. And we are giving away some gear, some clothes. You got queued up, Shrags? Getting it? All right, I'll, I'll, just, I'll kill time. Uh, you're, we're giving oh, away. We have the idiot Mormon shirts now? <laughs> I wish. We have uh, the CBS Sports Fantasy Football Today store. The winner can choose whichever item that he or she would like from the FFT store. There's like a really cool drinking glass with the FFT logo. There's a shirt. There's hoodies. Um, good stuff. We'll try to we'll try to throw it up on there uh, so you can see it if you're on YouTube right now. Yeah. All right. Anyway, Do you say they have drinking glasses. Yeah. Do you have any other kind of glasses? I don't get it. Every glass is a drinking glass. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's true. But <laughs> now, if you say glasses, right? Exactly. You have to clarify. Yeah, that's why I said it. 
So, so ha. Huh. All right, who's the what biggest? Did you say glass. <laughs> Damn it. He, who's the biggest? Who's your your biggest bust? Based on ADP. I hate, I hate this because like the only way you can proclaim somebody the biggest bust is if you take somebody that has a chance of being awesome because why else would they be drafted so high? And then tell people they're not going to meet those expectations. But if I had to pick one, I think I would say Kyle Pitts. He's now up to tight end four over the last two and a half weeks on NFC ADP. I expect he's going to keep climbing and it'll be a fourth round pick by the time we get to August. And he has the ability and the potential to deliver on that. But he's still a rookie tight end. And um, I I don't want to bet that type of draft capital on a rookie tight end. Third round pick in our Tuesday night stream. We had some guest analysts on and was it uh remember who took and, him? And I just don't uh, know. Andy Singleton That's did what I people's of uh oh gosh, where does he work? Um well he's at people's pen with a at Z. People's pen. Yeah. He Andy Singleton took him in the third round, Kyle Pitts. And I just don't know and like that that it, it's not like that couldn't work out. I'm not here to trash anybody's picks, but I don't know what the upside is at that cost. Yeah, he um Oh, he's a firefighter, Andy Singleton. How about that? And if you want to get him, you have to expand the box score. Expand the box score, yeah. If you want to get him, yeah. I mean, in our drafts, you don't have to take him in round three, but in a lot of drafts, you might have to take him in three or four. Well, I mean, look, he just, in in the magazine draft that we did, which will be on newsstands in August or late July, um, this was, he went in the fifth round, Pitts. That I think is more realistic. The Mm -hmm. third round is, is very aggressive. Yeah. The the fifth round, I think, is where you're going to see him go. And he went right after in the same round as you, you, it was you took – he took Andrews. You took Adam. You took Hawkinson. And then uh, three picks later, Kyle Pitts went. All right. Jamie, what do you got for biggest bust right now? Um, so <clears throat> I have the the second version of my buster on, on the site. That was done without using ADP. Looking at ADP, which is the, the next – round that I'm writing for the next magazine. Uh, Miles Sanders stands out to me a little bit as a bust. Uh, I, I just don't love everything that's happened for him this offseason. I don't love the Kenneth Gainwell addition. I don't love bringing in on Johnson. I don't love uh, bringing back Jordan Howard. I don't love that Boston Scott's still there. Now, I don't know if everybody makes the team, but it just feels as if this is a very committee approach. And he was great with Jalen Hurts last year. You know, give him credit. You know, the, the year as a whole was bad. But what he did with Jalen Hurts, I think, is kind of what you're hoping for, is that he can work well with a Russian quarterback. So I still have some level of optimism for him, but I just don't know if he's going to get the work that you like to see for a guy that's going in the third round. He feels a little bit like the start of the dead zone. Um, Miles Sanders, yeah. It's, yeah. it's interesting. Would you take him or Chris Carson? I mean, Chris Carson's pretty safe. He's been like a top 15 running back, I think, per game, maybe 16 Three straight years? Yeah, and I have them ranked back-to-back. I would take Carson. Um, And, you know, like, there's a few guys for me that I I just don't want to draft. And and I hate saying this about Sanders because I love him, but Sanders, Montgomery, and Josh Jacobs are three running backs I'm almost completely going to avoid. And I see the upside for them, but I see more of the downside for them, and and it's just not worth the cost for me to draft those guys. I'm almost to the point where I want to take Mike Davis over them. Yeah, He certainly has less competition for touches than those guys do. Yeah, I mean, for me, it'd be Miles Gaskin, but I could see where you're going. You know, about Miles Sanders with Jalen Hurts, it's kind of interesting that he had two games. He played only three games with Hurts, not including the Green Bay game. Green Bay, uh, Hurts came in for Wentz. Uh, he had four catches in two of those three games. It's kind of weird. And those were the games they lost. He was, it was also their receiving core was a complete joke. So. true. But actually, he really didn't run the ball very well. He had an 80-yard run, and other than that, he, he was... He ran the ball like he did most, well, I wouldn't say most of the year. Like he didn't run the ball well, or he he didn't have a high yards per carry. He wasn't that efficient, however you want to say it. You take away the long run, and it was it was actually pretty ugly. But that's what happens, though, with running quarterbacks. The lanes get a little bigger. Yeah, but you would expect it on more than one run. Yeah, but, you know, I mean, the, the thing that I liked about Miles Sanders coming back this year, which I thought was going to be a, a benefit to him, was getting all this offensive line help. Sure. Yeah. And and I hope that's the case, but I just it just feels like Miles Sanders is – he teased us a little bit as a rookie, and I think what we saw last year is probably more of what he is. 
Okay, so we've got Kyle Pitts, Miles Sanders. Those are just a couple of the busts we will talk about. We're going to have, some, I think, some really good debates on today's show. Busts, you know, I think bus lists kind of lend themselves to that because you have to make some bold calls, as Heath was saying. you got to pick someone who has upside to be really, really good. Uh, news and notes, Jacksonville not naming a starting quarterback yet. <laughs> Can't blame them. I mean, they have a proven NFL yeah. starter on their team, and they got to make Trevor Lawrence earn it and beat Gardner Minshew out. Uh, Derek Carr, I like this. I love this, actually. Derek Carr said he might quit uh, if he ever wasn't on the Raiders. He'd rather... He probably would quit before playing for another team. He said he's an old-school guy. He wants to play for one team his whole life. Uh, I wonder how Raiders fans feel about Derek Carr because he obviously is quite fond of the Raiders. Uh, Derek, we've just traded you to the Packers for Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> um, you're expected to report next week. You really going to retire? Yeah. Yeah, probably I don't not. know. You've seen Derek Carr in cold weather. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, also on the Raiders, John Gruden said that Henry Ruggs looks much better this season. You would hope. Joe Burrow expected to be fully he healthy. He said John Brown game. looks great. He said uh, Willie Sneed's going to push Hunter Renfro. He said a lot today. <laughs> He's definitely one of those talkers. You know, you know, who's the one coach that their comments, their compliments mean the least to you? Bruce Pete Carroll. Bruce Carroll. Oh, Pete Carroll. Yeah, those are good ones. Uh, Cortland Sutton not going to start training camp on the pup list. Let's go. Great news. He was uh, the number 18 wide receiver two years ago. 18th in non-PPR, 19th in full PPR. 72 catches, 1,100 yards, six touchdowns in 16 games. So how how many picks ahead of Jerry Judy or how many rounds ahead of Jerry Judy do you think Sutton should be taken? At least one, potentially two, but... Uh, I did something interesting in another one of our magazine articles with uh, we do this pick by pick series, which you guys have seen on the site before. Uh, and we'll do it again. Um, I went back to back to back three picks in a row of Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy and Javante Williams. And I made the joke because Heath needed a tight end um, that I was going to take Noah Fant. I had I had a pick before <laughs> Heath's next pick and I was going to take Noah Fant for that team. But I figured Heath would have taken Noah Fant because he needed a tight end. Um, but, uh, <laughs> I did that just kind of for fun. It was essentially my third and fourth receivers. So I don't need to play Judy, but, uh, I think Sutton's ceiling is still higher. I, I like him better than Judy, but I think Judy's going to have a good second season as well. I can't think of a Broncos pun like Manic Monday. I, you know, I can't, <laughs> I can't think of anything. Yeah. And Heath made the joke that I should go all in and just get Aaron Rodgers and, and hope for the best. <laughs> yes. Perfect. <laughs> That's a better joke. Kansas yeah, City uh, rookie tight end Noah Gray has had a good camp, apparently. I don't think that's. Can I just, kind of, just real quick, the, the, the news item you read on Cortland Sutton, these are the news items you want to be looking for. Not this guy played great, not this guy threw interceptions. That is news. Cortland Sutton, what you said is news. And I'm not saying you shouldn't say these other things that you're doing because it is important, but um, especially since we have to fill an hour. But uh, for what people are reading we don't and, have to. and seeing on Twitter, those are the new. Those are the things you wanna you wanna see. You yeah, know, th this guy's playing over this guy. This guy is going to be ready for camp coming off an injury. Not this guy is looking great in camp, according to John Gruden or or you know other coach, you know just spewing BS. I, I appreciate the fact that you waited until after the Noah Gray uh, <laughs> news item. To uh, well, I meant to say it after Sutton, but I forgot. Yeah, yeah, it, right. it fit it fit well it, to contrast the two. How, okay, so last year we didn't really have these types of camp reports for obvious reasons, but I remember last year looking at my 2019 notes about what beat writers were saying. You know, this guy's looking good. And the only name I can really remember was DJ Chark. There was actually some DJ Chark buzz going into 2019. I'm sure that I, I don't know if I did it on the show, but I, I know personally I completely dismissed it. And obviously he went on to have a very good season. Uh, and I remember last year saying, wow, you know, the camp reports actually were helpful. Not all of them, but they were better than I thought they were. So with that said, if you didn't see the live stream on Tuesday night, we got into it on LaVisca Chenault. And I felt like everybody, it was Dave, it was Gretch, Dave and Jamie, were feeling it with Chenault. And I'm just like, I thought you guys were kind of falling for it. Uh, you were feeling well, it. Gretch I thought you were falling. Chenault for it. Last year, before, before, like when he was drafted, 
He did, but but every it was like everybody against me. Surprise, surprise. I thought that he went too early, and I, I just someone the tweeted um, yesterday or the day before. I'd retweeted it that it's important to remember that the only camp reports that actually matter are the ones that confirm the things you priorly prior believe. Yes, hundred percent. It, it well that, that for us in our business that that holds true, and obviously for the you know audience members who are you know clearly in tune, which typically our audience is, which we appreciate. Um, but I think, you know, sometimes you, you see something and we're all guilty of this in every facet of life. You see something like you just said, Heath, it pushes you in the direction you're already heading or, you know, it sways you away from it if that's something you're going to do. But most coaches are going to say new player, rookie, uh, guy coming back from injury looks great to any question. And I've been on the other side of it, you know, from, from a reporter standpoint, you know, and, and have fallen for that as well. Um, you know, you get a little too excited and, and the flip side of that is, you know, there was a big, you know, hubbub about Tua throwing five interceptions in practice. Um, you just see that and you go, oh, guy who stunk stinks again. Well, there are circumstances that are part of that. First off, it was in a monsoon. So, you know, that he's probably throwing a wet ball trying to do some things. And what guys do in practice, especially at the quarterback position, you know, it, it took a few years ago, Pete Prisco explained this to me, that you have guys that want to try stuff. And coaches that want to try stuff. And they're okay with their quarterbacks throwing interceptions. And it's not a bad thing if a guy is, you know, doing some some different things. And, and I think, you know, that, that's one thing like you take away from it is some things happen in practice that you're never going to see in a game. So, yeah. you know, practice reports are what they are. They're practice reports. Yeah. And even to acknowledge that, he said, you know, we were trying new things, wanted to see what how if we could fit the ball in the tight window. It's, it's like a pitcher getting roughed up in spring training, working on new stuff. But I actually wanted to talk about Chenault because I thought it was an interesting discussion. And he went in the eighth round, early eighth round, after Will Fuller and Jarvis Landry. Uh, then Chenault was the next wide receiver off the board, and that was just before Marquise Brown and Jalen Waddell. So, you know, Heath, do you think LaVisca Chenault should be an eighth-round pick? That doesn't like it. I think it's a little bit higher than where I have him ranked. Um, His ADP is around nine, by the way. Was it round nine? His ADP is round nine. Okay. I think if you really want Lavisca Chenault and he's got a round nine ADP, then round eight's the right place to take him. Um, but I round nine, I feel better about. Mm-hmm. But I it's don't, in the it, same ballpark. It's all, it's also it's it's like the Kyle Pitts thing. You know, we're doing drafts with each other, and. Yeah. As a group, whatever 12 people that are in this draft, the group, for the most part, the majority is going to like a lot of the same guys and dislike a lot of the same guys because we look at a lot of the same info. And so the group, for the most part, likes LaVisca Chanel. You're the outlier, Adam, for the most part. Well, and you did a Twitter poll, right? Yes, I did. LaVisca Chenault in round eight or Amari Rogers in round 14? 14. If I Aaron Rodgers is still there. If Aaron Rodgers is still there. I haven't checked, but I but it was... 66% basically Chenault. <clears throat> Look, I, you know, I'm going to tell you something. I'll be open-minded to it. I'm not a stubborn person. It's June 16th right now. If if the reports are still good, um, if he's getting more buzz and he has a good preseason, I don't, there could be something that makes me change my mind. Look, for example, I wasn't really a huge Antonio Gibson guy, but Dave and Jamie both have him in their breakouts column. So I'm not... I'm not I like. I mean, I work with the best in the of the best. I'm gonna listen to you guys, and I drafted Antonio Gibson today in the first real draft that we had. And you see, Chenault here, 63 percent of the vote. Sounds like you're a coward. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm willing. I'm willing to admit what I'm wrong, or, or if I'm not well, seeing something. In the case of the two players in question, you could draft them both. So absolutely, and I did I draft Barry Rogers today. I think the thing that comes out with. LaVisca Chenault is round round eight, round nine. You know, the receivers that you mentioned, maybe he shouldn't be going ahead of Marquise Brown if you look at Brown's pedigree and what he did a year, you know, a couple years ago. Jalen Waddell and where he was drafted and what his expectations might be. Uh, but Chenault closed the season last year playing very well after having an up-and-down rookie season with no offseason. He has arguably a quarterback upgrade. No offense, Heath, but Trevor Lawrence should be better than Gardner Minshew. And he's... Drop. And he's in a receiving core with, <laughs> he was with the guy who's good last who's, year. Like this is what kills me. He huh? was not. He had one game at the at the end of last year. This great stretch for Chenault. He had one no, game. No, no, nobody said great stretch. He closed the season playing better. Playing, yeah, because he caught some touchdowns. But he had one game with more than fifty yards. Like he he wasn't that good. 
I guess he didn't but get a ton of targets. Terrible. I know, I know. But I, what happened at the end of last year doesn't really matter. If you want to just say he was an early second round pick, he's got a ton of talent. The situation should be better. He can beat DJ Chark. He can beat Marvin Jones. I could totally. But it's, buy also, into it's that. also you know you, you said this time and time again that rookie receivers take time to develop, and yeah. so you know for a guy that was dealing with up and down quarterback play. Trying to find his way, you know, is he going to be a hybrid player? Is he going to be a slot receiver? Is he going to be an outside guy? Which is still going on. I mean, you know, the, the reports that we're referring to are he's he's being used more as a traditional receiver. You know, that's not exactly something that should blow you away. You hope he's going to be used as a traditional receiver. Well, no, because people who would make the case for him, like, well, they'll give him some handoffs. They'll use him this way. They use him. That well, I way. think that they will. Now that's you know, gone, and, and <laughs> we still. Yeah. Well, and also. Like, as a rookie, he scored, like, 0.3 fantasy points per game fewer than Marquise Brown did as a second-year receiver and more than Brown did as a first-year receiver. Oh, it's fine. I mean... And he was a high, high-end second-round pick. Let me see if you guys agree with this. I don't I don't know that Dave would because he seems to think very highly of the wide receiver position. I think once you get past round seven, you should basically just take the wide receivers you like because it's just a jumbled mess of, of unproven players. It's also how you built your team, too. You know what I mean? You're talking like Heath and I, I don't think we're on total opposite ends of the spectrum, but I'm going to probably lean a little more toward running backs early, and he's going to lean more toward wide receivers early. So, you know, what you're saying is probably something I'll do more of is once you get past round seven, Heath at that point is probably looking a little bit differently, you know, but um, it is a, uh, like, you know, to, to what you said about Dave, I think we just give some clarity to it. You know, Dave thinks that the drop-off is like round 10. Right. Um, I, I, I think I said it on the show yesterday or the, or the live stream that to me, it's like round seven, around eight, you know, where like the guys that you're listing, like, you know, that's kind of where the drop off starts for me. You know, if I get LaVisca Chenault, I'm happy about that. If I get Marquise Brown around eight, around nine, like I did today, I'm happy about that, you know, but, um, I'm not, I'm not excited about, you know, necessarily having to rely on Rondell Moore or, you know, a, a guy that I like, for example, is Amon Ross St. Brown. I don't want to rely on him. I'd like to take a flyer on him. You know, I don't want him to be a, a no, starter for me. I'm not saying you draft starter. him in round eight, but. No, but the, the later guys, you know, the guys that you yeah. like, to your, to your point. Yeah. All right. Well, that was a, quite a tangent there. Schrager's back. I didn't know he wasn't with, uh, with, with the program earlier today. So Schrager, show them what they can win. Folks, take a look at the uh, Fantasy Football Today store. A drinking glass. Where is that drinking glass? There it is. Hey, drinking glass. It's got the logo on it. See, everything's got the... And there's a mug. There's hats, pants. It's actually really cool stuff. So if you want to win something, join us Tuesday night, youtube.com slash today. Let's get back to the busts. All righty. We've got quarterbacks who are basically going... Close to each other in ADP. Justin Herbert, QB7. Aaron Rodgers, QB9. Uh, Herbert is Heath's nominee. Rodgers is Jamie's nominee. And Heath, you're up. Justin Herbert as a bust. Yeah, I just think, and I think Chris was the first one to talk about this earlier this offseason, but the Chargers had a really strange year last year in that they ran 1,127 plays, which may have been the most in football, but was definitely towards the top in football. And that's unlikely to repeat itself, even if they had the same coaching staff and offensive coordinator, and they've actually changed all that. So I think there's going to be a drop in the number of plays, and there's likely to be a, at least a, a small drop in um, Herbert's efficiency. And so I, I'm worried. Like, I think he'll still be a starting quarterback, but I wouldn't want to take him over Ryan Tannehill. I wouldn't want to take him over Tom Brady. I wouldn't want to take him over Aaron Rodgers or Jalen Hurts right now. Okay. It's tough because uh, you're talking about a guy who had arguably the best rookie season ever by a quarterback, but also you're looking at the numbers and you're saying there's a lot of ways he could regress. So that's kind of, right? that's kind of a balance you have to play, right, with him? Just right, you know the talents there. The perform it just, but he had he had five rushing touchdowns. Um, so there's regression in some sense, but there's also like wow, that was really impressive. But it also, like it was really impressive in some ways. But you look at like he averaged seven point three yards per attempt. I think that was slightly below league average. Yeah, is is it good for a rookie? Do you know? Um, what's really good for a rookie, the thing he did last year that we talk about a lot that rookies don't do is throw touchdowns. 
he had a 5.2% touchdown rate. A lot of times we see rookies below 4%. Um, Kyler Murray is still struggling with that going into year three. If that was something that was skill-related and not something that was just um, the way the offense happened to work or a product of the – I mean, they had a lot of 50-yard touchdown passes to wide-open Tyron Johnson or Jalen Guyton or somebody else running down the field with nobody covering them. Um, if he can match the touchdown rate again, then the regression's probably not going to happen. Jamie, why is Aaron Rodgers on your bus list? I, this has nothing to do with the trade speculation or, or obviously him not playing because then he's definitely a bust. It's more just, you know, you saw a three-year trend prior to last season when he was magically motivated by Jordan Love's arrival and being pissed off. He could clearly still be pissed off. I just don't think he's going to repeat as the number one fantasy quarterback again. I don't think anybody does, but it's just, you know, where does he fall? And so uh, add his name to all the quarterbacks that Heath just said. I would take all those guys over Aaron Rodgers as well. Jalen Hurts, Tom Brady. Uh, I would take Herbert over him. Um, <clears throat> I just think Rodgers is going to go back to better than what he was in 2019. Nowhere close to what he was in 2020. And still be a very good fantasy quarterback, just not a great fantasy quarterback. And again, you know, we still have this uncertainty of what's going to happen with him going into the year. But you can't have too much of a problem with his ADP as QB nine, right? No, again, the, the list that you're reading from, I did not factor in ADP when I wrote that. This is something that was done, um, you know, peek behind the curtain. It was done, you know, a few months ago, a couple months ago, following the NFL draft. So um, I didn't take into account ADP. It was more speculating on what the ADP could be, where these guys could be drafted. Uh, QB nine is still too high for me, um, but you know he's in that he's in that range. I think I have him ranked eleventh, so I'm I'm below ADP. Okay, let's go to tight ends, and the tight end bust for Heath was Kyle Pitts. For Jamie, it's Logan Thomas, and he was uh, the number eight wide uh, eight tight end in non PPR, but number four in PPR, seventy two catches in sixteen games. And uh, only six touch and only six six hundred and seventy yards, but um, still was top five in PPR last year. Logan Thomas is currently the eighth tight end off the board, ninety second overall. So what do you think? It's just you know everything around him has changed. You know it, it was McKissick, McLaurin, and and Thomas last year with Thomas being you know essentially the second receiver. You know you bring in Curtis Samuel, you draft Diami Brown, Dame. Dame Diami Brown. I think it's Diami. I think. I looked it up last time. Um, I already forgot. I think it's Diami. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and you change the quarterback who doesn't need a safety blanket. You know, so um, it's just I, I think Logan Thomas, who was a breakout tight end, I believe at 28 years old, uh, former quarterback. You know, who's been trying to learn the position. Um, I put him in that group of about 10 tight ends that you can say, okay, I'll, I'll wait and see if you know I end up with him. But I don't know if you necessarily have to reach for him. I wouldn't take him as the. Uh, top eight tight end, even in PPR. Uh, I'd rather take my chances with somebody like Noah Fant, who, um, you know, struggled a little bit last year. Um, Irv Smith, who I think is going to take a step forward. Uh, uh, obviously, Dallas Goddard, TJ Hawkinson, Kyle Pitts, that group. Um, even though I agree with Heath that, that Pitts is in the bus category, but um, I, I think he's more, more, more chance for upside than Logan Thomas. So uh, I just think the circumstances have changed for him. He was great last year. He was great for people that picked him up and, and certainly delivered. Uh, same with Robert Tunyon. You know, both guys to me are very similar. You know, uh, fluky performances based on the circumstances surrounding them. So I would put them both in the same category. Yeah, I, I took Thomas in our, well, one more peek behind the curtain in our pick-by-pick pick series, which will be on in the magazine in a month. But I think I took him after Blake Jarwin, after John o. Smith, after Adam Troutman, in like round 12 or round 13. And and if you can get him there, I love it. If you've got to take him as the eighth tight end off the board, I don't want any part of it for all the reasons that Jamie said. I think the thing like, you know, for, for two of the guys you mentioned for me, Aaron Rodgers and, and Logan Thomas, people look at last year's stats and it's, it's a common thing. You're going to see who finished where last year when you look at, you know, planning your draft boards and don't say, oh, well, this guy was the third best tight end and he got a quarterback upgrade. That's going to be a great thing for him. Probably not going to happen. The only thing I, I like to know, though, about Logan Thomas is, are, are we with the opposite of, you know, the, the whatever, case for him? Are we looking at a guy who's just scratching the surface of how good he could be? Because this is a, you know, converted quarterback. He's six foot six, 
This was really his first chance. No. What? The, the reason why not, I would say, and the difference between him and Darren Waller is that he was not good in terms of efficiency in any sort of way that you could measure it. He averaged 9.3 yards per reception, 6.1 yards per target. That's, he, a, that's a running back type he, number. Okay, what's a typical A dot for a tight end? Do you know? Sorry for asking I, these hard questions. No, I don't, but like he was very, he was the JD McKissick of tight ends last year. Because his was seven he, yards. So it I'm was just totally wondering tight end target dependent. Yeah, but I mean it was Alex Smith just holding him back. I'm wondering this is a guy who actually has a little bit of downfield potential. I'm think, I'm saying the exact opposite. Alex Smith is the reason that he had a great year. No, I know what Adam's saying. He's saying he, he, that Alex Smith kept him within a certain range in the field. You yes, know, right. of the eight out of seven yards. Let me see. I just there. think if he's looking further downfield than that, then Logan Thomas isn't the guy you're throwing to. All right. Well, I yeah, I haven't I haven't drafted Logan Thomas. I'm I'm just wondering if maybe he's better than we think because Alex Smith was kind of just keeping him in a box essentially. I mean, look, he's going to have more you know probably chances down the field because of Fitzpatrick. Um, he's going to have less coverage around him because of the guys that are there. And he's clearly on a team that doesn't have a lot of competition at that position for him, you know, where, you know, there's a second tight end or a young guy that's going to push him a little bit. But um, I just think that, you know, what Alex Smith has been for short area targets was a big boost for Logan Thomas and J.D. McKissick. And both those guys aren't going to repeat what they did a year ago. All right, just to give a little context, average depth of target for Logan Thomas was 7. Evan Ingram was at 6.9. Um, Jimmy Graham, Hayden Hurst, 6.8. Kyle Rudolph, 7.1, a little bit better, a little bit And you bring deeper. a good tight end to the conversation? Yeah, George Kittle, 7.3. Okay. Zach Ertz, 7.4. Um, well, I think, I think Wall, Kittle's Waller, 7.8. I think Kittle's a good one to look at because what did Kittle do after the catch? Yeah, nobody's Kittle in that regard, but yeah. Um, okay, uh, let's go to running backs and wide receivers. Running back busts. Heath, you've got Saquon Barkley and James Robinson on your bust list. Barkley as RB7, Robinson as RB25 going late round five, almost the end of round five, 59th overall in a 12-team league. Uh, let's start with Barkley. Your bust case is just health or anything else? It's, I mean... It's partially health. It's partially how the Giants could respond to health. Um, Barkley was obviously awesome as a running back. As a receiver on a per-target basis, he was pretty close to average, um, even in his good good years. I'm concerned, especially with the talk we're getting, what they're planning on doing early in the year, that they're just not planning on featuring him as much as they did back in 2018. And that Barkley's a you know fifteen to seventeen touch per game guy instead of a twenty touch per game guy on an offense that's really bad and doesn't score touchdowns. Yeah. So when would you feel comfortable taking him? I am not taking Saquon Barkley in round one. Wow. And I know that's out there. Yeah, I like but it. We gotta have some kind of hot I, takes on a. Bus I don't show, agree right? with it, but I like it. I appreciate that. You know, I think the the good. the thing about Barkley is. Uh, he's going to go in round one. It's a question of, is he going in the top seven picks? And so, again, uh, we keep getting a lot of picks behind the curtain. <laughs> uh, our magazine draft that we just did, he went seventh overall. And that was behind McCaffrey, Cook. See if I remember correctly. McCaffrey, Cook. Kamara, uh, right? Yep, I took Kamara. Uh, fourth was... I think Henry Zeke. or he was fifth. Fourth was... No, I took Zeke at six. Fourth was Zeke, five was Taylor. I took six, uh, Henry six, and then Barkley went seven. And I would also take Aaron Jones, Austin Eckler, um, Joe. This is half PPR, by the way. Yeah. Wait, the draft we just did is half PPR? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) God damn it. And that one counted. What did, when did you not know that? The entire oh. time. I just, <laughs> I, I, I I mean, we did the same draft for our first edition of the magazine. We didn't change the scoring format from that one. You haven't I, changed it for three years, have you? No, I, I do change it. Oh, okay. It was PPR last it. year, wasn't it? It was PPR last year, yes. <laughs> I, 
I said in the chat room, this by the sixth pick. By the way, this, just a reminder, this is half PPR. I think the only thing I may have done differently was taking Derrick Henry third instead of Kamara. Other than that, I wouldn't, wouldn't have changed the thing, but that's pretty funny. The best uh, thing was he <laughs> didn't realize that he drafted Jalen Hurts also, Heath. And he took no, Rodgers, and I was giving him a hard time. Like, why would you take two quarterbacks in an analyst draft? Like, you know, there's so many guys available. Like, what are you wasting? No, that, that's for? I knew I took Hurts. I it's that no, you long, didn't no yes i did i swear i knew when i took rogers i knew i had a quarterback i just <laughs> didn't quite feel so secure with jalen Hurts, so i wanted a second um wow uh, okay anyway that's barkley so james robinson 59th I, like, I don't think james robinson's adp on nfc is actually indicative of what we is real it's crazy but these like there, i don't think there's people going to nfc and just burning money and drafting james robinson as a joke either he went 66 those, those drafts are money drafts he went 66 in the draft we just did um, like that makes him a sleeper to me <laughs> yeah he's uh running back 25 currently by nfc adp and if that's the case then i don't see how trap the etn's not a bust like if he justifies that, I have a hard time believing that the Jags are going to have two running backs that are top twenty-five options. And so they just what the you think? Coaching staff just took one of them in the first round. You, so you think Robinson should go later? Yes, that's why I put him on the bust list. But I was confused. And Jamie, you think what? I think if you can get him in the thirties at his position <laughs> and somewhere after round six, is fine. That's what I put him on the list. I guess like I get that Heath. Okay, I, but Jamie said something about him being a sleeper. Where is he a sleeper? At, or you were just, I just told you, anything after round six, I think he kind of gives you some sleeper appeal. All right, but he's going round 50. seven, yeah. Round seven, round eight, but his current ADP is uh, round five. Five, six, yeah. Right at the uh, turn. It's, it's, he's in this, it's like what I said about uh, Ryan Tannehill. He's kind of in this weird spot, you know, of there's no category for him. The ADP that we're typically working off of, Heath is right, he's a bust, if that's where people are actually drafting him. But we just haven't seen that in the drafts that we do, that he's going that high. And I'm sure, you know, Heath, you've done a lot of best ball drafts. Where is he typically going in those formats? Uh, not that high is what I've seen. Right. Um, so it's just, we're, the ADP we're looking at is he's going too high. All right, let's do Jamie's running backs. David Montgomery is going 35th overall since May 1st, RB19. And Kareem Hunt, RB23, 54th overall. Big gap between RB19 and RB23, by the way. But As there should be. Yeah, uh, David Montgomery, Jamie, uh, as a uh, third, third, fourth round pick. He was awesome last year. Was was the guy that, you know, I think if you were in the David Montgomery camp when he got drafted by the Bears two years ago, you were like, hell yeah, this could be a star. And he lived up to the billing. But the schedule was great. The competition was gone. And he took full advantage of it. The schedule obviously is not going to be as favorable over the course of the season. Tariq Cohen is back to ruin him in pass-catching situations, potentially. Damian Williams, if he makes the team, is going to ruin him in both categories, running and catching the ball, potentially. So David Montgomery is somebody, like I said, I just don't find myself drafting him. Uh, the earliest I would take him is the fourth round, and again, we're splitting hairs here because he's at the end of the third, but I just don't see myself drafting a lot of David Montgomery. Where Montgomery goes is where I typically take wide receivers. And then for Kareem Hunt, as we saw last year, was awesome when Nick Chubb was out. When Nick Chubb came back from his injury, Kareem Hunt disappeared. And, you know, I, I just don't know if he's going to get that type of workload consistently to draft him as a starting fantasy running back. As a flex option, again, splitting hairs, I'm fine with it. But uh, I'm not drafting him in the first five rounds, especially in anything but PPR. Heath, how do you feel about Hunt? That was your one of your favorites last year. Yeah, and I have an emotional attachment to him that's hard to let go of. Um, but this is pretty close to where I generally start thinking about him i think i took him in round six of a draft recently round five is maybe just a smidge too high i do like the fact that i i still expect if nick chubb plays 17 games that hunt's going to be a starting flex i, I don't think he'll be a starting running back i think he'll be a starting flex and i do think if chubb goes out for the year hunt has league winning upside and it's hard to value a player like that it's hard to judge the percentages but i like hunt in round six i don't really care too much in round five i would rather take kareem hunt than james robinson for sure and they're five picks apart in adv right now i totally agree with everything he said i agree with you know if if something happens to nick chubb kareem hunt's a, an absolute monster but it's like the same thing you know he said about tony pollard 
and the draft capital is completely different. You know, so Pollard won't play as much as as Hunt will with the starter healthy. But you know, I mean, the Browns kind of showed you what they felt about Nick Chubb when and Kareem Hunt when Chubb came back from the injury, and it wasn't exactly very pleasing. Would you guys take a Broncos running back over Kareem Hunt and or James Robinson? I would take both Broncos running backs over Robinson right now. Um, I would take Hunt over both Broncos guys right now. But if you tell me that Javante Williams wins the job in training camp, then, you know, come August, I would take Javante Williams over Kareem Hunt. I think I agree with all that. I think if I told you Javante Williams won the job in training camp, he'd end up in the fourth, not necessarily for you, but he'd be a a fourth-round pick maybe even earlier. People would be pretty excited. I also think it comes down to the build of your team. You know, if you're staring in round six, for example, at Broncos running back or Kareem Hunt, and you've already taken two running backs, and you still want to take a running back in that range, you might shoot for a little bit higher upside. Not to say that Kareem Hunt doesn't have it, but he needs the injury to have it. You know, whereas Javante Williams doesn't necessarily need the injury. All right, we're going to take a quick break here on Fantasy Football Today. When we come back, we've got wide receiver busts. That would be Kenny Galladay and Brandon Cooks for Jamie, CeeDee Lamb and Mike Evans for Heath because they're going very high. They're both top 15 wide receivers. And we'll answer your Apple Podcast questions. I also want to tell you we have a mailbag next Friday where we'll be uh, reading your Apple Podcast questions and your emails. So leave a question and a review, and we'll answer them on the show next Friday. And email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. All right, we will be right back. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. And we are right back. Here we go. Wide receiver busts for Jamie. Kenny Galladay, he's wide receiver 24. He's going 59th overall. So right the same Spottish, yeah, same spot as uh, James Robinson. Spottish. That just sounds crazy. Same-ish spot. And uh, yes, it does. Kenny Galladay. And Brandon Cooks. Is Brandon Cooks a bust at 102nd overall? No, again, this was pre-ADP conversation. So, you know, again, I I know the list you're working off. It's the the story on the site. But uh, as if you read it, you won't see a word of ADP mentioned. And uh, you see me say a lot, uh, if he's drafted in this range, I would stay away from at this value i think it's fantastic for brandon cook so uh the updated version of the story that i'm working on now for our next magazine brandon cooks will absolutely not be listed as a bust okay let's take a look at where he went you oh you took him last night in yeah or tuesday night in round seven just ahead of will fuller his formal former teammate okay so how do you feel about brandon cooks who has been no worse than i think 19th per game in five of the last six seasons? Well, he's an absolute wild card uh, based on the quarterback situation. And the nice thing about Brandon Cooks, uh, despite every team passing him off to you know, the next team, he's played with some very good quarterbacks, obviously. You know, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Jared Goff, and he was still good, um, and Deshaun Watson. So it's been a pretty good career for Brandon Cooks for the spots that he's played and the quarterbacks that he's played with. That won't be the case in 2021 if there is no Deshaun Watson. Uh, Terod Taylor or Davis Mills, whoever ends up starting there, um, is not Deshaun Watson. I don't think that's breaking news. So it's going to be tough for him, I think, to have the same level of production. That being said, if you get him after round six or round seven, it's absolutely worth taking a shot on Brandon Cooks. Forget about Deshaun Watson even playing. But Deshaun Watson's playing... This is a guy who should be going in round five. You know, so um, just depends on when you're doing your draft, how comfortable you feel with drafting him, what your you know roster build is. But he's going to be the number one receiver there if he stays there. You know, you never know what the Texans decide to do because this is a team that's you know tearing everything down to hopefully start to rebuild in 2022. All right, Heath, fill in the blank. If Deshaun Watson 
is starting in week one for the Texans, and he and he's going to play the full season. Brandon Cook should be drafted in round blank. Jamie said, I think five, right? Five. Yeah. I would say four. I had him at wide receiver 16 when I was projecting him with Deshaun Watson. Okay. Yeah. But he's got- I don't think there, like, it seems like there's like a 0% chance <laughs> that we know when we're drafting that Deshaun Watson's playing the whole season. Right. But if you're drafting today, Brandon Cooks probably has more upside, you know, than any player that's going in round eight or something like that. Uh, he's, I suppose- yes. If you're telling that's me that it's Brandon Cooks and LaVisca Chenault, I'm taking Brandon Cooks. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yes. Good. All right. But what about Kenny Galladay? Kenny Galladay, um, go ahead. Make your case. I don't know what to expect with him with Daniel Jones. I mean, that's the, the whole thing. It's just, you know, this is a guy that I don't want to label him injury prone, but you know, he struggled with injuries last year. Uh, is he going to get the type of targets that he needs to be successful from a quarterback that still has to prove himself? And and I think Daniel Jones can get Kenny Galladay the ball. I think they're going to scheme to get Kenny Galladay plenty of targets. It's not about that, but. Um, this is a very crowded receiving core with a run-first offensive coordinator. And if Saquon Barkley is right, bus, cat- bus candidate or not, he's going to lead this team in touches as he should and dominate touches on this team. They're going to run the ball as much as they possibly can. And so Galladay with Shepard and Tony and Ingram and you know everything that they have at the receiver position, I just don't think he's going to be successful enough to be what he was or close to what he was. And he's probably being drafted fairly accurate, but... There are some other guys that I would consider in the conversation with him, like Cortland Sutton, like Brandon Ayuk, uh, like Jamar Chase, you know, other receivers that are, you know, considerable number one options on their respective teams that may or may not have better quarterback situations. Do you think Daniel Jones will do better than (laughs) per 16 games, 3,338 yards and 16 touchdowns, which is obviously pathetic? Yes. Yeah. Okay. That is what Probably. that is what David Blau and Jeff Driscoll did in their eight games times two. Uh, that is what they were on pace for. Three thousand three hundred and thirty-eight yards, sixteen touchdowns back in two thousand nineteen. With that it's also garbage, a team that didn't have a running game and threw the ball all the time. With that garbage, Kenny Galladay had thirty catches, five hundred fifty yards, and four touchdowns on fifty-four targets. So in that game. In eight games. So that's per six. No, it's not. 60, 60 catches, 1,000 yards. yards and 60, 000, 60 catches, <laughs> 60 catches, 1,100 yards, and eight touchdowns on 108 targets. Yeah, I don't see him doing that on 108 targets. He did it. I mean, that's what he does. He gets a lot of easy yards no, per he catch. He did that over star. eight games. I don't think he's going to do it over 16 games with Daniel Jones. But he is, he's like, what, 18 yards per catch, 17 yards per catch? That's with out. Matthew Stafford. So 60, 1108 is pretty, pretty close to wide receiver 24, right? Um, I would guess it's a little better, but yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> okay. Uh, yes. Look, there was only really just Marvin Jones, no run game, different, different philosophy, probably a worse defense. Uh, all right, Heath, your wide receiver busts. Oh, CeeDee Lamb and Mike Evans. Okay, so they're going as wide receiver 13 and 15, respectively. Yeah, and I'll, I'll start with Mike Evans because the CeeDee Lamb one is less comfortable for me. It's it's easy to make <laughs> the uh, Mike Evans bust call, even though he's been good for a lot longer. Um, and we do this with quarterbacks a lot, but we don't do it with receivers very often. If Mike Evans had scored last year at his career touchdown rate, he would have scored seven fewer touchdowns. That would have dropped him from wide receiver 11 where he finished to wide receiver 27 right behind Cole Beasley. I am very concerned, really for everyone in Tampa Bay, about target share and being able to maintain that type of efficiency. Like he's all, and, and it's important to say that like, it's not like before 2020, Mike Evans had a low touchdown rate. He was like 5.7%. He was pretty good at scoring touchdowns. He had kind of a weird every other year thing going on. Um, and we could make the joke about how every time he scores at least 12 touchdowns, he has a terrible touchdown year the following year, like he did in 2015 and 2017. But it's more just that you can't sustain that type of touchdown rate and 109 targets does not produce a top 15 wide receiver. 
it's just he does it every year, at least in terms of he's a thousand. He's never done it with that target rate, though. He, yeah, but I'm just saying at the end of the day, he's a top 12 receiver, five of seven seasons, top eight in four of his last five in non-PPR. A little bit worse in uh, PPR. He's not a huge catch guy, but it's weird. It's He's such an accomplished receiver. But he was Is he the also, best one from 2014 now? Yes. By far, right? Well, look, I mean, there's Robinson, there's Cooks, Evans. No, Devontae Adams. Is he in that hmm. class? Oh, yeah. He was. He just was a late bloomer. <laughs> what a freaking draft class. Incredible. They all went behind Sammy Watkins, though. They did. Yeah. It, um, I'm sorry, I, Heath. I didn't mean to cut you off. I don't know okay. if there's anything to add. It's just it's just he's he's so consistent. I, maybe in different ways, but as a fantasy option, he's just always good. You know, I don't find myself drafting him in PPR, but in non PPR, I will take my chances on the touchdown still being there for him. So that's kind of the gamble I think I take. But uh, I'm with Heath. I think he's going to get overdrafted a little bit. I mean, you think about all these guys that that Tom Brady has to throw to. He may still be number one, and who knows if Godwin, you know, stays healthy over the course of of 17 games, and Antonio Brown stays healthy over the course of 17 games. Um, but if Gronk is still catching passes and Howard is back and you have Antonio Brown and they decide to work in some of the younger guys that they still have on the team, it could be hard. You know, we could be looking at another sub-120 target season for Mike Evans. And if the touchdowns disappear and he just gets to that. Remember, they, they were like basically begging to get him 1,000 yards. You know, they were trying to do it before uh, the season ended last year to keep the streak alive. They're, they're title hunting, you know, so they may – you know, start to sit some guys and rest if he has any ailments. And he's been banged up a few times over the last couple seasons. Does this matter to you? Uh, if he played seven games, he played week 17, but he, he got hurt after 11 snaps, seven games. He got with, hurt or they pulled him because they got the thousand yards. No, he got hurt because he was, I don't even know if he played the first playoff game. He may have missed that game at Washington. No, he played. Oh, he played. He had a huge game, but remember he was like questionable all week. Sorry, but he, he was hurt. Um, he he was great in those seven games. I mean, he was on pace for almost for thirteen hundred yards, thirteen forty two, and what, seven games. Seven games with Antonio Brown after the Brown acquisition, or after and Godwin he, played all seven too. I'm pretty sure, yeah. So the all I think all well, three Brown of them, missed missed what two of those? No, Brown played all eight games down the stretch. When did he get hurt? When did Brown get hurt in yeah. the playoffs? Maybe. Um, I don't know. I can look, but I'm I'm almost positive Brown played all eight regular season games. Evans was by far the best one, not necessarily in targets, but in production. It was weird, you know. He had two games. He scored touchdowns. It wasn't that complicated. No, it was. He was on pace in those seven games for one thousand three hundred and forty-two yards. So you know, but he had two mega games with. 110 yards, 181 yards. Other than that, he wasn't really that great with yards. But um, I don't know. He still continued to produce. He also was among the league leaders in red zone and green zone targets. Maybe I'm going too in deep, too in depth here. I don't know. But he he was actually better when Brown came back. It was earlier in the season. There was this weird thing where Chris Godwin played and Mike Evans got on average three or four targets per game. It was very strange. Um, I think they maybe they throw, started throwing more. Maybe Brady was just doing better later in the year. But Evans didn't seem to be too affected by Brown. Okay, that's it. CeeDee Lamb? I just, like, that's a pretty massive leap if everybody's okay. And I know the Amari Cooper thing with maybe missing the start of training camp, but I haven't seen anything at all that suggests that Amari Cooper's thing could linger into the regular season. I think he has enough of a connection with Dak Prescott where missing a week or two of training camp is not going to make too big of an impact. And Lamb was awesome as a rookie. I think he's very good. He's a top 12 dynasty wide receiver for me. But with Gallup there and them now moving Gallup into the slot a little bit with Blake Jarwin coming back with everybody there, I just don't see him getting enough targets because he wasn't particularly efficient last year to be a top 15 wide receiver. Efficient in the first five games or efficient over the course of the season? Over the course of the season. Well, how was it? How was his efficiency in it those? It was first very games? good the first five games. Well, I think that matters, obviously. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. I mean, if if he could, um, 
if he if those first five games are what mattered, not the rest, then well, those first five games had the starting quarterback there, right? But it was also five games. Yeah, but I, I'd rather judge him off the first five games with Dak as opposed to the next eleven with Andy Dalton and uh, Danucci and whatever else they Danucci. were throwing out there. Oh, that Ben Danucci game that was so sad. Uh, yeah, this is a good point, but. Wide receiver 13, we actually talked about this on the breakout show. It's hard to... He would basically have one of the most... If he's able to finish top 12 and Amari Cooper does what Amari Cooper usually does, then it would be extremely then impressive. Dak QB1. What's that? Then Dak's well, QB1. Um, he'd be obviously in the discussion, but what I was going to say was looking at all the sophomore wide receivers who have finished top 12 since that... Beckham Robinson class. Um, most of them did not have a receiver as good as Amari Cooper. So Juju was the exception. Juju did it with Antonio Brown, who had a huge year. And Roethlisberger, I think, was QB1 that year, <laughs> right? That was, I don't know, he was he was up there. Um, yeah, Antonio Brown got hurt in the playoffs, Jamie. He missed the NFC Championship game. He got hurt in the New Orleans game. And if you look at Mike Evans' game log, I mean, four targets in week one, four targets in week three. Two targets in week six. Two targets in week seven. Those were the games that Chris Godwin played. It was really weird. And then Antonio Brown came in week nine, and he was consistently targeted in that stretch, except for week 17 when he left early. Doesn't make a lot of sense. you know. And, and not to say that what happened last year is going to translate to this year, but that that is what we saw. All right, cool. Let's read some Apple Podcast questions, people. Thank you very much for the kind reviews. We appreciate it. Hope the show's been helpful. Going five days a week beginning next week. This is from Reed in Detroit. My keepers are Jonathan Taylor in the fourth, uh, Swift in the fifth, another Taylor Swift there, Diggs in the sixth. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. I only get to keep two of them. Would I be crazy to not keep Diggs in the sixth? I'm the champ, so I'm picking 12th. Right, so he could take any of these guys with his first pick. Well, he says he can take Diggs with his first pick. I don't know about the others. But who would you guys keep? Taylor in the fourth, Swift in the fifth, Diggs in the sixth. So he has the first pick? No, he has the 12th pick. He says he could get oh. Diggs with his first pick. I mean, if he thinks he can get Diggs, then you keep the other two. I mean, I'd probably keep Taylor and Diggs. Because if I think if I can get Diggs, I I would take Diggs over Swift. So I would think I could get Swift. Totally agree. I mean, if you're if I was just going based on what he said, but if right. I mean he he may think that Swift is going to go ahead of Diggs based on knowing his league. So right. that's probably why he's he's saying that. But yeah, I mean, if you can keep Diggs in the sixth and keep your fifth round pick, then you should do go that route. This is from Maple Syrup. I'm gonna tell you guys, I make pancakes that are so good they require no syrup. Dynasty League. <laughs> Three receivers. <laughs> also, more on. What do you, what do you have Evans. to drink with them? Water. Always water. And what do you drink it out of? Uh, a cup. <laughs> is, is it a water cup or like a, the other If I cup? said fantasy football today glasses, you would think fantasy football today glasses. All right, you from, know, we wouldn't have thought that if you didn't do the thing. From Maple Sims, <laughs> but can't hardly wait. You ever, ever see Can't Hardly Wait? Urkel. Uh, you ever seen that movie? No. I don't think so. I, I was love busy that watching movie. Pulp Fiction. I love that movie. <laughs> I think for people my age, 90s, kind of 90s kids, Can't Hardly Wait's like... Is that Freddie Prince? No, that's She's All That. Oh. Can't Hardly Wait has Jennifer Love Hewitt. And it's actually got a really good cast. Um, oh, I, I, yeah, I think I have seen it. What's the guy's name who plays Seth Do- Green's in Dr. Right? Evil's son? Yeah, Seth Green. It's such a funny movie. And it's yeah, a very yeah. good encapsulation of high school. Anyway, PPBR, uh, PPR three receiver league, one quarterback, Dynasty. I trade Justin Herbert. I already have Dak Prescott for Michael Pittman. C minus. <laughs> Pittman. Dak Prescott for Michael Pittman? No, Herbert for Pittman. Oh, F. But he already has Dak. Okay, F. From Nikki C in NYC. Subject, 2021 New York Giants win the Super Bowl. JK, I'm a Jets fan. I just needed this brought to everyone's attention. Has it ever been addressed that Adam pronounces rookie as Wookie? It's absolutely absolutely hilarious to me and endearing. 
Uh, I've never noticed that. I, do you guys notice that? I say Wookie? No. <laughs> you're Chewbacca. <laughs> we should have a tournament about all the funny things you say. I mean, your arms are kind of hairy. I don't hold say up, Wookie. Hold them up. Hold them up. So okay, Urgle. Maybe the winner could get like a, a free sports line coupon. I mean, look at those things. A free sp- Oh, I say coupon. My boss says coupon, and it's unsettling. So Show your arms again? No, JB. Nobody needs to see my stupid... Have you ever heard of the Suns? I go out a lot. <laughs> I'm going out as soon as this podcast's over. We're going outside. <laughs> Jamie, your kids have stomp rockets. No, very fun for the kids. Okay, from Dan. Oh, I didn't. Read, I didn't read the question, did I? Oh, yes, <laughs> I did. It was the stupid rookie wookie thing. Uh, sorry, this is from C Tritt. Hey, Bernie Baker, Brian, and Brady. Browns, Browns, oh, quarterbacks. Browns quarterbacks. Yeah, I play in a twelve-team PPR, one quarterback, three wide receiver, three flex league. I get to keep three players: Barkley in the thirteenth and Taylor in the fourth are easy choices. Do I go with Josh Allen in the ninth, or either DK Metcalf or Calvin Ridley in the third? It is a one QB, three receiver PPR league, so it's Allen in the ninth, or Metcalf and Rid- or Ridley in the third. I'd go Ridley. Allen, but Allen for Heath, Ridley for Jamie. Ridley over yeah. DK for sure. Yeah, you're not getting much value there, but you know, at least you're locking up a potential top five, if not higher, wide receiver. Okay, Dan from a small city north of Clearwater, 12 team half PPR Dynasty League. Grade the trade. Give up Adam Thielen, the tenth pick, and a second round Wookiee draft pick for Amari Cooper. Thielen, the 10th pick, and a second-round draft pick in the rookie draft for Amari Cooper. What's the 10th pick? So the 10th is a rookie pick, too? Yeah. F. F. Uh, Yeah, I wouldn't. I'll probably go C-. minus. This is from Zatch from a pretty city in Tennessee. Nashville? Knoxville? Something with a Ville. Gatlinburg. Hey, Cam, Warwick, Dalvin, and Devontae. Gross. I'm in a deep one-quarterback dynasty league. I have Herbert and Taysom. No one in the top 10 needs a quarterback, but you never know. Pick 12 said he will be going quarterback. I have pick 11. Is that too early to go with one of Lance, Fields, or Lawrence? Or should I get talent at a flex position? Remember, he has Herbert and Taysom Hill. Uh, It is a one QB dynasty league. 11th pick. Is that too early for... I love how he ranks them Lance Fields Lawrence. Uh, probably going to be Lawrence one for most people. If he know, it's a 12 team league? Yeah. So take whoever the fallback is in the second. Or it's in, it's, no, it's Dynasty. Rookie, yeah, it's rookie. It's not Snake. Um, rookie. I, I mean, it, it, I don't think you need a quarterback per se. So I would pass. Yeah. Unless it's Lawrence. I guess you could take Lawrence at 12, 11. That's if actually Lawrence a good value. There, I'd take him. Yeah, like, do you take Trevor Lawrence or you take Terrace Marshall? Lawrence for me. Lawrence. I feel like I should know this intro. This is, hey, Gail, Al, Theo, Harry, and Carl. That's Die Hard, right? Gail? I don't know who Gail is, but this seems very... What are the rest of the names? Gail, Al, Theo, Harry, and Carl. Al is obviously the cop. Carl is one of the bad guys. Right. Theo is, Theo is one, of, one the bad of the black guys. guys. He's a computer guy. Yeah. Um, I don't know who Harry is. Harry. Oh, Ellis. Harry Ellis. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's got to be that. <laughs> What's Gail, though? Gail, I don't know. Gail Wallens. Who is that? Bad maybe guy, one man. of the... Henchmen? Maybe one of the cops. I think it might be one of the cops. Okay. Uh, uh, is, that the, is that the lieutenant? I'm not sure which one's the lieutenant. I think it's the I think it's Al's boss. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The lieutenant. Yeah, I don't know. Not the FBI guy. Hierarchy. Right, he's not Agent Johnson. The other Johnson. Okay, anyway, please help me with a trade offered to me today. Ted team, non-PPR, bonus points for big touchdowns. Keepers are forever. We keep five players. My keepers right now are Derrick Henry. Tyreek Hill, Swift, Mixon, and A.J. Brown. 
I was awesome. I was offered Calvin Ridley and the 10th overall pick for Derrick Henry. Should I do it? Whew. So his running backs would be Swift and who? Mixon? Yeah. Do it. Do yeah, it. because do this it. is not the 10th pick in a Wookiee draft. This is the 10th pick in a in a draft with five keepers. So it's not a great pick, but... Do it. Yeah. Do it. Let the English yeah, see Yeah, I think you, you have to, right? From Because Derrick Henry may have one more great season. Right. And Calvin Ridley could be a superstar for two or three more years. Pro tip. Find out if your league is full or half PPR. From Marshmallow. <laughs> <laughs> How confident is everyone on workload for Cam Akers? And is he worth a swing pick? It's non-PPR. He is worth a swing pick. Um, I think he's going to lead the team in touches. I'd probably say he's going to get 70% of the touches if I had to ballpark it. I don't know what you projected for, Heath, but um, you know, I would think that's how they approach it. I've got him at 328 touches, which over 17 games is 19 per game. That's pretty good. Pretty good. That sounds worthy of a f- late first round pick. Yeah. 19 per game. Right, Heath? Yeah. Okay. Thank you, guys. Good stuff. Great week. Fun shows. Sleepers, breakouts, bus. We did our top 24 on Monday. Make sure you check out FFT and 5. Jacob Gibbs coming on for a Friday and Saturday special with some player profiles. Uh, Tuesday night, we've got poker. Next week, we have five episodes. Mailbag, send in your emails, send in your, send in your Apple Podcast questions. Have a great, great weekend, everybody. Um, talk to you on Monday. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.